0: that you are a promise-keeping God. We thank you that you are the light in our darkness, that you have revealed yourself to us. And we thank you for your word and the promise that you will speak to us through your living word. And so we hold on to that promise this morning, that you would speak to our lives, that we would hear you, Lord. We pray that we would have ears to hear, hearts that are ready to respond to all that you want to say to us. We thank you that you are here in our midst today. In Jesus' name. on our slide each week it says are we there yet because we're going on this journey with joshua well yes we are nearly there we've got one more week to go um so we are nearly there i wonder what the standout has been for you if you've been with us each week as we've been going through this series in joshua What's God been saying to you? What's the standout themes that you've heard? Have you heard any repeating uh, themes as we've been going week by week through Joshua? One thing for me, and I think it's probably obvious because I think I've said it most weeks, has been the command uh, to Joshua over and over again, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. That amazing promise that God will be with him wherever he goes. Have you heard that week after week? Hasn't it been encouraging? We've seen this sort of partnership at work, haven't we? This between God and Joshua. God promises to act, but he invites Joshua to be involved in what he's doing. Joshua's called on to trust God, but God proves over and over again that he's faithful to his promises. So helpful, um, what Mandy shared with us earlier. When we first met with uh, Joshua at the beginning of the series, Moses had just died. The Israelites were on the edge of the Jordan River and they were about to cross over into the promised land. God had made this promise for the promised land to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12 verse 7, long, long, long before this is happening. And then he made the same promise to Moses and now to Joshua. And Joshua is the one that God has chosen that the, to take the people into that promised land that God had promised so long ago. And so far in the the book of Joshua, we've been looking at the stories of conquest, haven't we? You might feel a bit battle-weary, actually, the amount of battles that we've um, looked at. Um, We've been looking at the way that they were taking the land that God had promised to them. But from chapter 13, there's a big shift. And now we come to the distribution of that land. They've been taking the land, and now they start to distribute it between the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the inheritance, This is what they've been promised. It's not all been captured yet, actually. There's still more fighting to go. But the dividing up of the land is begun. There's two tribes, um, if you know the story, that have already received the portion that they were promised on the east of the Jordan, but they have to go with the rest of the Israelites over into the Jordan to take the promised land. So this is now being divided up between the um, other tribes that haven't yet received uh, what was promised to them. So that's where we're at, and we're looking now at Joshua chapter 14, so if you have a Bible um, or your phone, do look it up so that you can follow uh, the story, and I'm going to read for us from verse 6, so chapter 14 of Joshua and verse 6. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I wonder how many of you (laughs) of us can say that 45 years later. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country, give me this mountain that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb um, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. And then the land had rest from war. (coughs) Throughout the Bible narrative, as we read the Bible, it, it swings, doesn't it, between this big picture story, and then every now and again we zoom in on an individual personal account. It helps us to remember that God is is God of the whole world, but He also cares about the intricate details of our lives. So today we're zooming in on Caleb, uh, not Joshua today, but Caleb, who we've discovered is now 85 years old. And as he said, as strong as he was the day that we first heard about him 40 odd years before. What strikes you? Well, it did me. as as you read this chapter, is what I've called Caleb's courageous confidence. Tongue twister this morning. Caleb's courageous confidence. Because when you hear that, you first read it, and you hear that request that he puts out to Moses, it almost seems a bit arrogant, doesn't it? It's always a bit presumptuous, a bit pretentious. It doesn't seem very humble to go marching up to Moses and, and demand, as he does, what's been promised to him. But but is it? Is it? Is he being arrogant? I don't know. Would you? Do you? Do you have the cheek to go up to God and remind him of what he's promised? <laughs> but I wonder if there's a truth here that we need to grasp hold of this morning about this, um, that this courageous, confident Caleb can teach us about God and his promises. And I think the answer to that is... Um, so Caleb's confidence is in that little phrase that was repeated even three times in those few verses. I, however, followed the Lord wholeheartedly. It's linked to Caleb every time he's mentioned, I think, in the Bible, which isn't that much, but every time he is mentioned, that phrase follows him. It seems to me that that courageous confidence that Caleb has to go and claim the inheritance that he was promised is down to that. He followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So this is a question that we're going to have a, a go at answering this morning is, what does that mean? What does it mean for us to follow the Lord wholeheartedly? Because if we want to have, I think, if we want to have some of Caleb's um, courageous confidence before God as Christians this morning, we need to find out the secret of what it means to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. So we're going to have a look at um, Caleb's life. In uh, verse 7 of the passage that we've just read, uh, Caleb reminds Joshua of a time when they went out as spies together. There was 12 of them in total. Um, They went out, each representing their tribe, and they were sent by Moses to explore this land that they had been promised. They were encouraged to go and have a look to see what Canaan held for them. Was it a beautiful land? Was it a great land? It was um, this land flowing with milk and honey. What were the towns like? What were the people like? Um, That account you can find in Numbers uh, 13. Well, when these 12 return um, back to Moses, 10 of them are absolutely full of fear. They're full of fear because of the size of the people. They're giants and the towns are fortified. The people seem really powerful. So they they dispel fear into, into everybody that they talk to. But Joshua and Caleb have seen exactly what these these, um, spies have seen. They have exactly the same evidence before them, but they come back with a very different view. They come back confident that God will do it. God will give them the land that he has promised. But sadly, if you know the story, because of the disobedience of those um, 10 spies, disobedience of the people of Israel, they were so full of fear and lacking in faith that God punishes the people of Israel. And he declares that that generation will not get to see the promised land. And so they wait another 40 years till that generation has died. And just Joshua and Caleb receive that promise, you will, you will receive the land that was promised. Numbers 14, 24 says this, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, recognize that, there it is again, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I think there are two words that I'd like to focus in on that sum up what it means to follow wholeheartedly when we look at Caleb's Caleb's life, and particularly in relation to his obedience and his faith, his obedience and his faith that really come out of that story of the spies. How was he able to respond so differently to the 10 other spies when they surveyed that land and they saw and had heard God's promise? How was he able to have such a different view? Because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And I think that starts right back with Caleb understanding God's covenant, the covenant that God had made with Israel. And that's what Caleb is standing on. He trusts God that God will keep his covenant, he knows, what, what we heard just now from Mandy, that God always keeps his promise. So let's just uh, remind ourselves of what that covenant looks like. So God has chosen this people Israel for himself. In, in uh, the Old Testament, he refers to them as his treasured possession. I love that phrase. He's rescued his treasured possession from, from e- slavery in Egypt, and he's made them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And he makes a promise to them, these people that he's chosen for himself, that they will be his people and he will be their God. There will be a relationship between them and he would dwell among them. The covenant was made between God and the Israelites through sacrifices of bulls and goats, through blood needed to be shed for the forgiveness of their sins so that they could be in God's presence. But God wanted to make a way. To be in a relationship with these people. And it was through a covenant that he made with them. All these promises that he made with them. And he called them to be obedient. To be obedient to his commands. He called them to have no other gods before him. And he called them to worship and serve him only. That was the, um, the, the condition of the covenant. God has given himself to them. They to give himself to them. We read uh, these verses in Exodus 33 during lockdown. We focused in on this passage. It's a beautiful passage when God describes himself, his character to the people of Israel, to Moses. And he says, I am the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God. I'm slow to anger. I'm abounding in love and faithfulness. And I maintain love to thousands. I forgive wickedness, rebellion, and sin. What an amazing God they've come into um, covenant with. And this is where... I think Caleb understands the God that he follows. He understands that this God that he's in covenant with is an amazing God of love. He's a faithful God. He's a compassionate God. And he's shown grace in offering acceptance and forgiveness. He wants relationship with with, um, God. God wants relationship with Caleb. And all God asks in return for that relationship, for that protection, is that... that Caleb, that the Israelites should throw their allegiance in with God and be obedient to him. And Caleb's obedience shows um, hand in hand with faith, doesn't it? That God will deliver what he's promised. As he's obedient to God, as God calls him to do, he has faith to know that God will hold his side of the bargain, that God will be faithful. This is where following God wholeheartedly starts. Understanding the commitment, the covenant, that we've made and I think for us if we truly understand that God has invited us into this relationship with him that he's made this promise with us this covenant with us then we will be like Caleb we'll want to we'll want to follow God wholeheartedly we'll want to be obedient we'll want to follow in faith and that covenant that um, Caleb understands is what we've been called into isn't it And I think if you're a Christian here this morning, if you understand uh, the gospel, all that I've just said about Caleb, we are going, yes, yes, that's true, that's true. We recognise that God has called us as a people for himself. He's made a covenant, but this time through the death of his one and only son. He's replaced the old covenant with this new covenant. We're not rescued from Egypt, we're rescued from sin. We've been promised this inheritance that we'll be with God forever. That's our promised land. It will never spoil or fade, the Bible tells us. But we've signed up to this covenant that we will be obedient and we'll have faith that God will fulfil his promises. And what's amazing, isn't it, the truth is that God has come to dwell with us, just like he dwelt with the Israelites, but he's come to dwell in our hearts by faith. And he comes to fill us and give us his power to be obedient, to be full of faith um, to him. And you know, my friends, if you're a Christian here, this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, that is what we have signed up to. That is what we've signed up to, to follow him wholeheartedly in obedience and faith. And I think as we look at Caleb's life, we discover that he chose to live that life and he never forgot that covenant throughout his life. He remembered the promises that God had made. He remembered that covenant and he said that he would obediently follow God. So if God asks him to do something, then he's going to do it because he follows wholeheartedly in and faith, obedience and faith. And what you discover with Caleb, it's not a half hearted faith, is it? It's not a, oh, I, when I feel like it sort of faith, the kind of, well, I've got nothing better to do, God, today, so I'll, I'll follow you. No, it really is wholehearted. It's, it's everything. It's an I'm all in sort of faith, a totally abandoning himself to God sort of faith challenging sort of faith but you know when we come to Jesus and maybe this might be the first time for you today we come to Jesus and fall on our knees and confess to him that we need him that we need a savior when we receive his forgiveness when we receive his cleansing when we discover that we're clothed in robes of righteousness when we discover how much we're loved and accepted by the creator of the world that God himself stepped in and rescued us has saved us has given his own son that we can be at peace with him When we discover that he comes and dwells in our hearts by faith well what other response could there be than to worship him and to follow him wholeheartedly with lives of faith and obedience what else could we do so we discover that Caleb follows God wholeheartedly and it involves obedience and it involves faith but that sounds like, that you know, that's, that's the nitty-gritty of it. But there's some amazing promises that God keeps when we follow him like that. And I think as we look at Caleb's life, we're going to discover just three ways that God meets with us when we choose to follow him, him wholeheartedly. And the first is that he enables us to combat fear. We need to go back to Numbers 13 story to think about this. But um, knowing and following God confidently helps us to combat fear. So Caleb knew that if God said, I will give you that land, then even those enormous giants and the fortified cities and the powerful people in that land were not going to stop God from giving him that land. They weren't a problem for God. And what we saw in that story was that Caleb had a very different perspective, didn't he? His faith in the promises of God, his obedience to do whatever God asked him to do, stopped that fear in its tracks it had nowhere to go I think fear is probably one of the biggest enemies in life isn't it it's one of our biggest battles isn't it fear it steals our joy doesn't it it cripples us from doing anything doing something cripples us from action and fear can get in and take hold of our minds can't it and when it does that, what it does is it convinces us that God can't do what, we, what he promises to do. When fear grips us, we start to lose sight of God. And we think, oh, he can't manage that. I better do it on my own. I don't know about you, but sometimes fear seems to have a really loud voice. <laughs> is that true for you? Because the truth is that if we're not following God wholeheartedly, we start to doubt God's promises. If we're not following God wholeheartedly, we start to doubt his promises. And then we begin to lose our peace and then fear starts to step in. Then we start to rely on ourselves and our own strength. We start to look at the challenge that's ahead of us. And we start to measure it on whether we can cope or whether we can sort it out or whether we can deal with it. I know I've been in that place, I wonder if you have. And that's what we saw in the ten spies, isn't it? The ten spies lost sight of God and his promises, and so they were full of fear. Perhaps you're in that situation today where fear's just a bit too loud. The encouragement from Caleb is let's keep walking close to God. Let's keep wholeheartedly chasing after him in obedience and in faith. Let's constantly be reminding ourselves and each other of his promises to us. Remind us of his faithfulness, that he will never leave us, he won't ever forsake us. And let's stand firm on that covenant that we have with God in Christ. I love uh, Jesus's words about worry. How many times do we go back to those wonderful words in worry, um, worry in in Matthew chapter 6, and he talks about all those things we worry about. And he says, the pagans worry about all those things that your heavenly father knows what you need. Jesus is saying, choose a different perspective. Choose a different perspective. Your father knows what you need. He's promised. Trust his promise. That this comes through faith in God and his promises, it comes in through obedience in following after him. And then I think Caleb shows us what it what it looks like if we're following God wholeheartedly to cope with adversity. And this is back in Joshua uh, chapter 14 again, verses 10 and 11. So we've met um, Caleb here, and it's 40 years later than that spying adventure that he'd been on. And in the Bible, he's not mentioned again until here. And, you know, it was the result of those spies and the Israelites' disobedience that Caleb and Joshua had to wait so long for God's promises. It was because of somebody else's mistakes and failures And I was thinking about how bitter and twisted Caleb could have been as a result of that. You know, all those years he had to wait. How angry and resentful he might have felt towards those who had had been so full of fear and not trusted God. And yet what we discover when we meet him 40 odd years later is, what he's still following God wholeheartedly. He hasn't let any of those things come in and trip him up. He's still keeping God's perspective He's still holding on to God's promises. He's still thanking God for his faithfulness. All through that period of time, all through that time when the promise wasn't coming, he was still obedient, still full of faith. Now, I recognise that challenging times, coping with adversity, is not easy, is it? It's really, really tough and be challenging in, in so many ways. For coping with pain this morning, it can be so hard. Physical pain, emotional pain. I don't want to pretend that when we're in a tough place that there's a quick fix, and God certainly doesn't either. However, when we look at Caleb and his choice to chase after God even through adversity, I think what we discover is that it's much better to have God in the picture than out of the picture when it comes to dealing with suffering. We're going to be looking at that um, in one of our thinking theology in the new year, the whole subject of suffering. I think it'll be a really interesting topic to look at, but I think this is really fundamental, that it's always better to have God in the picture when it comes to suffering than leaving him out. Holding on to the promises of God and being obedient to living his way, even in those really difficult, tough times, is what will bring us through. Even in those really difficult times, to keep chasing after God, to keep being obedient to living his way, because God is faithful and he will keep his promises. That's what he does. Isn't that what you're saying? That's what he does. And finally, claiming mountains. Caleb shows us what it means to claim mountains, to claim those promises 40 years later. I think we've discovered by looking at this, what it means to be wholeheartedly following God, that that's why Caleb is able to speak to God in the way that he does. Not because he's grumpy about the situation, not because he's pretentious and bossy um, in his marching up to God, but rather because he's in a relationship with God. He's in a relationship with God and he knows God and he knows that God will keep his promises because that's what God has said. He knows that God will always follow through in his promises. Caleb has such strong faith as me, such strong faith. Stronger now than it was 40 odd years ago, even through all that difficult time. Strengthened because he's been through difficult times. How precious our faith is. God wants to strengthen it through difficult times, through the waiting, strengthened through those battles that have been won and those battles that have been lost, strengthened through being obedient in faith. And so he claims his mountain. He claims the mountain that he was promised. He claims the land that he was promised so long before with great courage, with great confidence. I wonder... Are you able to approach God with confidence and courage this morning? I wonder if there are promises that you need to claim this morning. Are there promises that God has spoken and you need to say, God, I need that promise in my life. I'm going to just speak out a few of God's promises to you now. And I wonder if you might in your heart say, yeah, God, that's the one for me. That's the one I want. I want courageous confidence like Caleb. To claim your promises for myself. What about His promise to forgive those who truly repent? That's a promise in God's word. If you ask for forgiveness, He will forgive you. Or His promise that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What a promise! Do you need to hear that promise this morning? Do you need to claim that promise this morning? But there's no condemnation for you today. What about that promise that God says, I will remember your sin no more as far as the east is from the west? God's not tapping your shoulder. Do you remember? No. No. Do you, do you need to claim that promise this morning? What about that promise that we are clothed in robes of righteousness? Is that a promise you need this morning? Facing fear this morning, what about that promise that he gives peace? God gives peace that passes all understanding. That's a promise. That's God's promise. God promises that he'll be with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Even in the most difficult journey, God promises to be with us. I think we all hold on to this promise don't we that his grace is sufficient his grace is sufficient for us that his power is made perfect in our weakness what a promise how weak do we so often feel his promise that he will make his home in us he dwells in us his promise to all who believe in him they won't perish but will have eternal life i wonder if that's true for somebody this morning that you've never You've never taken hold of the fact that Jesus has made a way for you to know God forever. And the promise that we come back to again and again and again. Do you need to hear again? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I will be with you wherever you go. Let's just be still, shall we, for quiet for a moment. Perhaps it would be helpful to close your eyes and just think, maybe one of those promises really spoke to you and you're like, God, I want the courageous confidence of Caleb to claim that promise for myself today. As, um, as the musicians begin to play, let's just spend some time listening to God. What's he saying to you? The promises that he's speaking over you, to you. Claim them in his name. Father, we want to follow you wholeheartedly as Caleb did. And Father, this morning, perhaps we're recognising that we've drifted away from you and we haven't been following you wholeheartedly, that we have slipped. But Lord, we want to claim that promise that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And perhaps today we want to stand this morning and say, God, we want to follow you wholeheartedly. We want again to follow you in obedience and faith. Father, perhaps today we're coping with adversity. Perhaps today we are struggling with fear. Perhaps today we are struggling to claim those promises even now. We thank you, God, that you are faithful that your word is true, that we can trust you, we pray come and meet us, come and speak your promises over, over us we pray, may we live in the light of your promises today. a really beautiful song that is all about the promises of God. Um, It might be new to some of us, but the tune is really um, easy to to sing. And so let's uh, stand together, shall we, and sing about the promises of our amazing God as we claim them for ourselves.